another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host Katrina Van Eyck and in this episode I interview an industry professional who started in the fitness industry covering personal training and water aerobics and then found her passion in aquatics where she has now reached over 20 years of swim teaching. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Angela Wilde. Angela started her career in the fitness industry, working with clients as a personal trainer and a water aerobics instructor. Clients saw her skills working with people in the water and began to ask her to teach their children. The seed of interest grew and Angela investigated her options and became a swim teacher. During her time managing swim schools and working as a swim teacher, Angela completed a Bachelor and Masters of Arts in kinesiology, fitness and other connected qualifications. In 2017, Angela took the skills she had developed working in and around the industry and opened her own swim school called Elemental Aquatics and over four years later is still going strong. Angela advocates for drowning prevention and active lifestyles for children and took the plunge onto TikTok videos sharing her aquatic knowledge and drowning prevention to a new audience and in a creative way. She uses her TikTok videos to connect with other aquatic professionals, parents of swimmers and hopes to use her videos to inspire and mentor the younger generation into the aquatics industry. As Angela has such a wealth of knowledge, we couldn't contain the interview into one episode, so it has been expanded into a two-week feature. So remember to look out for next week's episode, where I continue the conversation with Angela Wilde. Through today's episode, Angela shares some insights into her work, as well as her thoughts on swimming, and where she sees swimming moving to into the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Angela's interview on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find her contact details and TikTok details listed at the end of the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic journey with us, please contact me my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I love to be able to share your journey with my audience. And check out our website aquaticmentors.com for our season one ebook. So let's dive in and find out more about Angela's journey in swimming. I'll, I'll head over there tomorrow if I could. Oh, perfect. Well, we would definitely... Except for the spiders. Uh, can we like get rid of them? <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. It's coming into snake season too. <laughs> <laughs> Considering I found a baby uh, baby king snake in my master bedroom sliding glass door track two days ago, I'm 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 okay as long as it's not gonna bite me and it's not highly poisonous. I'll just take a stick and send it outside. Yeah. Wow, that's a bit close for comfort. It's beautiful. We live in the country. I live somewhat in the country-ish. I live on top of a mountain range, and so we have lots of critters. And so it took me six months or so to get used to the scorpions and the snakes and the giant spiders and the coyotes and the bobcats and the you name it they they live with us and so it's going to be a journey for the next year we've got pest control coming and landscaping and stuff but boy oh boy was that a change from living in the city you know 
it, the pests and the spiders and the bugs and lions and tigers and bears, that's been something to get used to. And in fact, it's almost become kind of a running joke. And I'd like to know if anyone wants to leave comments or anything on where this gets posted. It's almost a daily kind of a scavenger hunt of what bug am I going to find at the bottom of my pool every day? And so usually I've been finding either a scorpion at the bottom of my pool. I found the biggest potato bug on the planet yesterday. They want to go swimming and then they learn that they can't. And as a drowning prevention advocate, I'm not doing CPR on a lizard, but I will say a prayer for you and send you on your merry way. But almost daily, they decide they want to go swimming and they can't. So we find bugs. Do you have that problem? I don't know if this is like a common thing with outdoor pools. Oh, that's hilarious. I could just imagine you giving CPR to like a scorpion. <laughs> the pool where I work out, there was two snakes actually in the pool. And there's little like holes on the edge of the pool and they go in hiding and we don't let the kids put their hands in just because they hide in there. And the whole school group, so one of the schools here had, I think it was about uh, 80 kids go through and they left and within 10 minutes this snake came out across the pool from one of the holes. And the lifeguard's like, no, I'm not getting that. And then we've had a few in the, like in the grounds but not actually in the water. And then one of the pools I worked at, there was a whole season where it was just like huntsman spiders about sort of yay big we're all at the bottom of the pool and like I now it gets a lot of fluff and stuff in there and every time I stand on something I'm like oh my god is that a spider oh my god is that a spider but yeah Mm -hmm. they'd have to go through and scoop them out and there'd be so many that would just get caught in there that's the worst I've seen okay I think this should be like a poll on Facebook or something I'm gonna do it if you work in aquatics would you rather Scoop out or have to retrieve a live snake, a live spider that's like crawling somewhere, or um, Code brand. some other ins- like spider snake and something else. Lizard, I don't know. Spider, snake, or kid's poo. <laughs> What'd you say? A spider, snake, or kid's poo. Oh, that's it. That's it. Kid's poo. Like, yeah. of those three, what would you rather do? I think I'm going to go poop on that one. I think so too. I'd rather scoop out poop than a snake or a giant. Like that's the thing that scares me is your giant huntsman spiders. I would not even know what to do if I saw that swimming in the pool. The trouble is they're really like, they're not venomous. The the huntsmen, some of the like redbacks and all that are, but the huntsmen's are not venomous. They are probably more scared of you than them. And so they're not that bad, but it's just the thought of a spider. Like, I yeah. just went, ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, thanks. No. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, so the official poll. Poop, spider, <laughs> or snake, what would you rather rescue or save or scoop up out of the pool? Oh, this is brilliant. This your is weekly brilliant. poll this week. <laughs> I remember and then you have to you have to hashtag it with only in aquatics. <laughs> Things normal professions don't deal with. Or outdoor, because the indoors I don't think would have had anything like that. Uh-uh. They might get a bird uh-huh. or something that gets trapped in, but you never think of it though, would you? Like the fact that you teach your kids to swim, but you have to deal with what's in the water first. <laughs> 
you know, and I was fully expecting frogs, lizards. What? Oh, we have these things. I don't know if you have them in Australia. We have these things called alligator lizards. It looks like a baby alligator meets a lizard. They're long and big. I thought I would find one of those in. And so far, oh, and there was also, I, I have been waiting to find either a bobcat or a coyote in my pool, but so far, nope. So that's good. Knock on wood for that. That's what I was going to ask. Did I come for a swim when it gets hot? You know, and that's the thing I have to be careful of. I have to close all the doors because when it gets really hot out, that's when all the insects are coming out and I see an increase in the things at the bottom of my pool. And I keep checking my cameras, waiting, waiting for some larger creature to show up and either like take a swim or accidentally fall in the pool because they're trying to get some water, right? And yeah. so... Never say never. So who knows, maybe 2020, 2022 will be my year for weird insect or creature landing in a pool. <laughs> I feel like aquatics, we should post it on somewhere on a Facebook page of having a running tally or running feed of the weirdest bugs or things that you've had to rescue out of your pool today. And that goes along for anyone listening or watching that does like pool service, because I don't know if you saw this, it was there was a video of a pool service tech, I think it was, he had scooped a pool filter out and there was like 50 spiders crawling all inside the pool filter. So I think like a mama spider had had laid eggs and they all hatch and they were all hovering around the pool filter. Can you imagine that? Ooh, no, no way. That would, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. I'm Can't good. Deal. Can't deal. And I, I don't know about you, but in the States and like many swim schools and aquatics programs, we'll tell the kids like, let's go look in the toy box. And the kids, like we reach into the filter and grab some of the flowy toys that have floated in the filter, right? And recently I have definitely said, you know what, Let, let's not do that anymore because you never know what's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Provided that you've cleaned out the filter that morning, right? Like then you would assume it's clean, but you just never know it's probably easier not to and not to even think about it than <laughs> at one of the pools that I work in the filtration system goes into like a pipeline and yeah. they couldn't work out why it was blocking up they couldn't work out what was going on they undid it all and actually took out some of the pipe and they had uh, 16 pool noodles had gone they'd gone into the holes of the pool and then gone down the pipes in the filtration they were just pulling out it's like one of those tricks that the magicians have with the continuous scarves. It was just continuous. Oh my gosh. It was nuts. I'd gone. And so we're not, you have to be very careful with pool noodles now that you don't leave them in there or yeah, you account for them. Ways to make your CPO mad. <laughs> very much. It was lucky that they were just that year they were updating all the system. So it didn't matter that they sort of had to break the pipe to get them out because they were changing it anyway. But Oh, they were just like, no, nah, we've got to do something about this. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Crazy. But, Crazy. Well, it made them put a proper filter cover on and then they yeah. didn't get down there. So it was a oh bit on their side. <laughs> yeah, here in California, you know, our swim school and learn to swim programs are most of them run year round. Our municipal programs, most of them run year round. You know, and as we're all things aquatics, due to funding, it's kind of um, been condensed now. And so the staffing is a shortage. 
hours are shortage, funding is a shortage, but most programs will try to run year round. If they don't run year round, they'll do a Memorial Day to Labor Day. So end of May through, what is that, end of August? Yeah, end of August. Yeah, yep. Or beginning of May, whatever Labor Day or Memorial Day is. And then that's sort of the summer swim season for many county-run public pools. So yeah, that's a lot like nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and they'll usually have a couple staff, lifeguards, swim instructors running both programs, and then some swim teams. But then typically, you know, most of those programs will go to swim schools in the off-season or employees kind of take, they go back to school. <laughs> right all your staff goes back to school yep that's always yeah. our thing like we go from November when uni's finished and mm-hmm. then we finish in March but that sort of last couple of weeks in March and February is when all the university the school kids are going back and so you always find it really hard to staff those last couple of weeks but yes. yeah over that summer period everyone's there and you can find staff all the time if they're not up partying for Christmas and New Year are you experiencing like staff shortages and struggling to find new hires as well? Yeah. So we did ask the, the ones that I present for, they did a survey. They found over Australia, we're about 2000 teachers, swim teachers short. And that would be, that was before Victoria, New South Wales latest lockdown. And every lockdown we lose teachers because they look for a role that they can have full time that gives them consistent work. Whereas aquatics, there's no way you can run during a lockdown as much as we try and get the government to change. So we lose even more people every lockdown because they can't cope with not having that income. Swim schools are shutting because of the fact that they can't make back what they've lost over the lockdowns. Hopefully now that we're open, we can get set and just continue. But it's been a really hard struggle that goes down. And then you sort of put out a new course and get new people on and then it locks down again just as they start really getting their feet, that makes it really difficult. Sharing my frustration, right? We all share the same frustration in this industry, no matter where we are at. That's it. Yep, very true. <laughs> and just that sigh that you did is just the sigh we've all done. Of yeah, It's just been a pain in the ass having lockdown after lockdown, but we can see the future now and hopefully living with the vaccinations and Living with COVID means that at some way we're going to be open and stable a lot more. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. Sending <laughs> out good energy for aquatics in 2023. Here's to fully staffed, fully educated instructors, unification and messaging. What else? What else am I missing, y'all? <laughs> Everything and anything, just less drownings, kids getting taught, more kids in the pool. More funding, more kids, less drowning, more yeah. legislation or less legislation, depending on who you ask or what it's regarding. Proper legislation on how, how to do it properly and that, yeah, programs are funded. I think that's exactly what you've said is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be nice to see it. I'd love to see that. Yeah. So would we all. <laughs> the collective good of aquatics trying yeah. to get this industry moving in a big unified singular direction that would be amazing <laughs> that's my goal we that's can do my it. big goal in life yeah oh yeah yeah if we can get there that would be amazing if we could have like 
wouldn't I just envision this utopian and perhaps I might be and I've been told I'm naive in this mentality but you know for one industry to have one singular goal which is drowning prevention and getting kids to learn how to swim it blows my mind that we have so many different ways to get there that we have so many different ideologies if we would love it would just be wonderful to just all have a singular idea, have a singular thought, a singular goal, and then all collectively agree on it. Can we get closer to that? I think so, and I'm optimistic that we could. Will it take some time? Yeah, but I think change starts with a positive attitude and a willingness to learn and a willingness to move forward and a willingness to learn from each other and grow from each other. And if we can all do that, man, I think our industry would be so successful, so successful. Yeah, but we got to get there first. Different pathways and sort of try to merge them to at least maybe a two-way highway <laughs> or a three-way highway with all the cars going in one direction because right now everyone's on their own little dirt roads going wherever they need to go. I think, and that's the thing, like with the more I do, and I've mostly done these podcast episodes with Australian, with anyone in the Australian industry and a few from New Zealand, and I think, I can see that happening. We've all got the same ideas, but like you said, we go in different journeys and we go get there in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see it coming together and the ideas are fairly similar. We just need to bind together and sort of, I suppose, nut out what our idea is and how it's similar and how we can connect those together. It's just going to take those couple that we can bridge the gap between it all and sort of bring that united front. I think it's there. It's just going to take a bit of work to corral everyone into that two-lane highway. Yeah, I agree. I'm optimistic that rather than moving apart and being more divided in methodologies or curriculum or ideology, I think I'm optimistic that I think we're all able and capable of moving in that direction. We just got to start. You know, and the pandemic hasn't helped either. So I think it has in a way that I think people have actually a bit more honed their message or understood why they're doing it and why what our main goal is to get kids and people water safe. That sort of, I think, emphasised it and a lot of people have come back to that main message, which has been good. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I agree with you. It's been wonderful to see. And if that gets this industry going in the right direction, then let's take it and run with it. That's it. Yep, let's use it while we can. I know. Because <laughs> I think I the trouble is we might end up back in that, you know, once we start getting back to normal and everything starts flowing as it did, then it gets more segregated again and we go off on our own tangents. Like it might be now is the time to bring everything together because we've had that shared experience. It's still fresh in our minds mm-hmm. and really use it. I yeah, I agree. And it's an interesting thing. I think if in retrospect, from what I've heard from so many people and talking to them is because the pandemic has forced so many people to think so far outside the box that so much more innovation has come about and so much more courage has come about in trying new things because you're being forced to think outside the box. And I feel invigorated that that renaissance might be happening where so many swim school directors, aquatics directors, who anyone in aquatics who perhaps may have been stuck in the old way or a certain way. And this pandemic has allowed for a restructure of thought and exploration of new ways 
an investigation of new things, experimentation on what's going to work in this paradigm. I think it, all of those collective experiences might sort of shake things up a little bit to where that might happen and bring, bring a new level of tools in our toolbox that we can hopefully use moving forward in terms of education, public awareness, get, being in the trenches and working with kids, getting our hands dirty, so to speak. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Technology is yeah. amazing. Because <laughs> here I get to talk to you on a Monday through technology in San Diego. A Monday slash Sunday. I love it. <laughs> and I love, yeah, that's it. We've embraced it. We've embraced the use of technology and the change. And I think that's what's fantastic about it. We've had to. We've had to embrace it. We've had to try new things. And like you said, it's promoted the innovation and the the ideas and creativity to come out that, yeah, hopefully will stick. I know here a lot of people uh, analyse what they've done previous and how can they change it, what can they do differently. They've been connecting with their swim school families a lot different than previous. I think that's great. It's getting that message out. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I think it's been, for me, I can only speak for myself, it's been really interesting to see the benefits of the kids coming back to the pool and just seeing the, just the change in them physically, emotionally, socially. And I've had such a success with so many families coming and saying, we don't feel comfortable doing any other sport, but this is the one sport that we do feel comfortable with. And so we're going to continue to support this activity. And it's been so lovely because then parents are seeing the benefits of it, both psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, physically, gives them confidence they're feeling relief that they don't have the fear that they might have in terms of transmission or catching covid by going to a gymnastics class you know because of the data and showing being in the pool is helpful with killing covid so to speak so it's it's another shining the light on our sport and having people understand that hey we're we're just as valuable as soccer or football or piano and we can be just as beneficial so that's exactly just right. another vote in that box of having parents come back to swim and staying dedicated to it you know yeah being dedicated to it it's yeah. not a one and done <laughs> that's it it's just brought them back and grew grown that interest again that yeah it's fantastic to be able to do that and bring that interest back into it yeah I love seeing the kids be so happy and the parents are so happy to come back and seeing the changes in all the families, seeing the changes in, in just the kids, even from those 30 minute lessons, they get out and you can just see they're happier, they're calmer, they're less stressed, they're less wound up, yeah. maybe would be a word if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's so nice. It's such a joy to be able to see that and those little gifts to just have them walk away with that just by 10, 20, 30 minutes in the Oh, it's so nice. I love it. <laughs> really- we all love this world so much. Yeah. Our heart is like in it, right? We're yeah. all so in it. That's it. I love yeah. the passion in this industry. I really do. I love everyone who's so passionate about all of this work. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, but I feel like this industry is full of such heartfelt, passionate, driven talented, intelligent, incredible human beings. You know, I think it's just amazing to watch when you get all these collectively passionate people together and 
accomplish something or just be there for the kids and be there for an industry and be there for a cause. You know, it's not like computer coding. It's not like, I don't know, retail or service. It's just an amazing feeling to watch these kids succeed and change statistics too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's such Here's an all around. Statistics. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you start your journey in swimming? How I got my journey into swimming is actually, I give my mom, my beautiful, lovely mom, full credit. Here in San Diego, you're pretty much close to a body of water everywhere you are. And I was blessed to have a pool in my backyard and a lake five miles away that we were on all the time and the ocean 10 minutes away. Um, How I actually got started in this industry is actually a drowning prevention story. I was two years old and my mother and father had just moved into a house with a pool that had a pool fence. Lo and behold, my mother comes out one morning and I am sitting in the stairs in the pool, in my pajamas, playing on the top step, just in the pool in my pajamas. So she comes running out, screaming, gets me out of the pool and is very scared and very traumatized. So the very next day she enrolled me in a swim lesson program and we happened to be pretty lucky that we lived in a part of Southern California that is home to one of the world's most recognized or United States, I guess, most recognized swim teams and lesson programs. So at a very young age, I started lessons. And then just as any other normal swimmer does, they work through those progressions of swim team prep and then swim team and then club swim, and then moving into college swim and then rec swim. And so there wasn't a moment in my entire life that swimming the swimming pool lessons and being in the pool wasn't a part of my life. And you take it for granted. You forget what a blessing and a amazing opportunity that is. So I have been essentially in the pool since I was two. And then I formally made this my career completely by accident. I did not have a plan to do this. I got started completely by accident because being in the fitness industry, I had someone approach me at the gym and say, Hey, look, you're so good with everyone in the water. You're coaching them. Do you think you could teach my child how to swim? Could you do a swim lesson for them? And I thought, sure, I'd never thought about that. And lo and behold, there happened to be a swim school about a thousand yards down the road from where I worked that I had never paid attention to. And so the planets aligned and I decided to make a career shift and one small decision, one small decision changed my entire life. And so I started working at a swim school and it completely changed my life. I discovered that I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I thought, how did this take so long for me to find this? Like you can do this as a job. You can actually teach other kids how to swim as a job. And for some reason, I just never connected the dots, even though I'd been in the pool and seen lifeguards and had swim coaches. But my heart at the time was in the fitness industry and making a difference in that realm. And that single change led me down this road. And here I am. I think this is my 24th year. I've sort of lost track, but I've been doing this now a long time. And I know many of you all out there listening and watching, I could do it another 25. I have no regrets and I still love it as much as I did 25 years ago. Sure, there are things that I don't love. We all, come on y'all, let's be honest. (laughs) You're thinking in your mind, what is it that I don't love? There's a few things, 
But yeah. that's with any job. And you have to have a positive attitude about taking the good with the bad, because let's be honest, we get to make a difference in people's lives every day, doing something that we love and making a difference. So yeah. you got to take the bad with the good. If that means you're scooping poop out of a pool or having to catch a spider every once in a while, then you're okay. <laughs> I love that. What an amazing no. journey though to have. And I was exactly the same. I didn't really get into swim teaching till I had my first daughter. So about 28. And then I did the course because I'd lost weight. It was sort of a challenge. And then next minute, bam, I'm sort of involved in the industry straight away, jump in and do every role I can think of. Not, and the same thing, not really connecting the dots before that the one thing I love to do, I could actually do as a job. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. amazing to think that how many years I've wasted I could have been doing this. Yeah. I think one of the things that I hope many people agree with me with regards to this industry is that I think what's one of the reasons why so many people are attracted to it is that it's a challenge like no other that it forces you to wear a lot of different hats. And what I mean by that is, you know, those of us in aquatics, have to have half a degree in chemistry dealing with pool chemistry. We have to have a degree in physics and geometry dealing with the pool construction and all the pool build plumbing and all that. You have to have a background in human resources to handle all the HR stuff. You have to handle interpersonal communication because you've got all these 16 year old lifeguards running around causing drama and you got to put out fires everywhere. You got to have a degree in psychology and class management and handling the parent concerns. You have to have like a comedian side and, and be a jokester because you got to handle the kids. You have to have all that education and background just to be a fantastic swim instructor. There's so many different hats we wear and no two days are the same. And I think it's such an awesome blend of so many skills. And I think I would think, I'm just speculating that that's what draws some people to aquatics is that it's never boring. You're always having to somehow solve a problem, looking at a problem through many different lenses. And yes, we have our teams and yes, we have our associates and yes, we have our crew, but it's amazing. And then when you, you branch out in this industry, you meet individuals that are hyper-specialized in their field, whether that be water chemistry, epidemiology, public health, but at the end of the day, we're still under this umbrella of aquatics working together to make a difference. And I just find that awesome. Yeah. I, I just, I love that. I love going to a conference and talking to a scientist, a biologist, a swim instructor, a, a mathematician, and they're all in one field working for some company that inevitably leads back to aquatics. It's amazing. Yeah. And you get to learn yeah. from all these passionately passionate educated fun oh I can go on it's amazing it is I love it and that's exactly it the point that you know we have to have so many part degrees in so many roles to understand what we do like we said earlier with the mum changing hat to business it is that every single day you've got so many hats you've got to wear but that we can all come together and we can learn from so many people like one of my friends, she was a swim teacher and now she's looking into going to the acting side, but she's taken what she's learning from acting to put it back into swimming because she's doing courses and presentations on how to work your voice and how to warm your voice up before you go swim teach. 
you know, things like that, which you think acting and swimming have nothing together, but she can bring what she learns from her hobby and then hopefully her new life career into swimming. There's so many circumstances, mass, all that sort of stuff can come in and relate to swimming in some way. I love it. That's exactly right. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and that's just one example. There's so many out there that are, yeah, anything you can do, if you're good at management or if you're good at talking to people or, you know, yeah, like you said, running and understanding the geometry of a pool or how the system works. Like we all need all those people because God help me, I have no idea about that stuff. <laughs> There's a side of aquatics that I am kind of a nerd about. And for those of you listening, you might understand the tile side of pool and construction. I have such respect for because master pool tiles and the artwork and the mosaics that they create are works of art and they're works of art in a pool. And there's only a few specialized to do this and are skilled enough. And I just worship them because these pools that they build or the geology that they have to know to put an infinity pool at the edge of a cliff at the top of a mountain on a million dollar house. It's amazing. And again, just like you said, who would have thought you have to know like geology to be a pool builder? Well, here you go. You know, it's, yeah. I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it's the, the, the multidiscipline factors of this industry that I just, adore and respect and I love being part of it because I think if I were to wish on anything is that to dispel this myth that aquatics professionals are not educated you know in the United States you know when you walk by someone and as a grown woman and you say oh I'm a swim instructor it's not held to the same standards it is as it is over there there's a, a very big stereotype and a sort of a negativity surrounding it or not a negativity per se but a mentality that equates swim instructors as uneducated high school kids doing some lazy job and there's very little uh, education and understanding of the nuances behind it and then as you move through these different ranks of this industry and it requires more knowledge and expertise and specialization and training people still just think you're this oh you're just oh you're oh you're okay isn't that what high school kids do sure yeah (laughs) And we have it here. We have it here. You can be a swim teacher or coach and still have that of, oh, you know, you're going to get a real job or what do you do? And you're like, do you do it part-time? What do you do? There is that. And it is. And I even do it to myself sometimes. Like I'll be talking and I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm just a swim teacher. And I've got to learn to take that just out. Like it doesn't matter if I haven't gone and done a huge uni degree or college degree or whatever, like I'm still good enough. I'm still trained. And I think also here, our courses have either two days or one day, and then you have like online learning beforehand. So in some other countries, it is like a full week's course, but it's not seen as that university where you go for four years and you sacrifice all that time. And so I suppose it's seen as a lesser occupation or lesser qualification when it's not. There's so much involved. Also, on the other side in the industry, if you haven't got those qualifications, then you're also not seen as as knowledgeable as others where you bring your own life learnings and life knowledge to it and background. I mean, like myself starting off late, I bring in so much of my own knowledge that I feel like I've started off as if I've been in here for five years already. Mm-hmm. 
the the flip to that is you have a couple college degrees what are you doing just being a swim instructor what are you what are you doing there's this sense of like you wasted your degree yeah you know and it's I find that so fascinating because so many individuals with degrees in their fields typically tend to be able to utilize that in whatever capacity it's like you can't win you either are bringing your personal experience and your gifts and your talents and that's not good enough or you have education and you've wasted it by being in this industry and if there would be one thing that I would love to see differently is like a general mentality that swim teachers um, and I actually did uh, I recently just did a TikTok about this about you know, people offer respect to when someone says, oh, I'm a football coach or when they, I'm a piano teacher or I'm a music teacher or I'm a LA coach. For whatever reason, the level of respect given when I say I'm a swim instructor, I'm a swim coach, tends to, like you said, be lesser than, oh, that, that sounds like a fun job. Oh, that's, that must be so easy. You get to play with kids all day. I cannot imagine someone saying that to a football coach or like a dance studio owner. And I find that mentality so fascinating. And, you know, anyone out there listening, if you want to do any kind of sociological deep dive, I would love to know where and how, why this mentality exists that individuals in aquatics and those that choose to make this a career are seen as less than, than other equally certified coaching careers I find that so interesting do you yeah I do too especially for the fact that we have the added safety precaution of water like we're teaching a life skill if we if the kids don't know how to swim they can drown if they don't know how to dance well they just look uncoordinated but it doesn't mean that they're going to die yeah same with football if you don't do football it's not going to mean that you're going to die but like I wonder if it's something that we don't publicize our roles enough like there's movies out there about a football coach and how they bring their teams together there's ballet movies and things or that's a bit more widely known is it that we don't promote the industry or our roles as much that's a really good point you know I could see how probably given the popularity of you know Michael Phelps and his swim coach I think that there's so much attention drawn to the upper levels and the end goal and the benefits of what a successful coach can do for you. But I agree with you that there seems to be so little attention given to all the hardworking and dedicated and passionate teachers out there that are making big differences through small changes individually through their lesson programs. And I can't think of any entertainment medium that has ever really advocated for our industry in a really positive light. Oftentimes, unfortunately, let's be honest, our industry is very sexualized, i.e. Baywatch. It's mocked. There's a lot of misinformation because it's sensationalized because fake drowning on TV makes for good ratings or makes for good climax or makes for good anticipation or cliffhangers. Talking about chemistry is not exciting for TV. And so that would be a wonderful challenge that I think that our industry, how can we promote our industry through a public eye that would change this narrative to make us perceived in a different way or an equal way than coaches of equal caliber training, background, experience, and education? I find that interesting. 
Yeah, oh, I was like, for all of you listening and watching. Me too. I really think that's really true because I've always harped on about the fact that we don't promote the industry enough or how can we promote it better? But yeah, is another way of promoting it where it gets it out in the public eye a bit more. I agree with you. Yeah. I love you that. know, or, uh, there's a show that recently came out, um, not recently, but uh, Stranger Things. And one of the main char- characters was a lifeguard, right? And there, it's just this sexualization of these these male lifeguards by cougar moms and it's like can we please showcase this industry in a positive mature educated way we are smart intelligent beings that care about your children or your pool please we're not pamela anderson (laughs) (laughs) no that's it we'd love to be but a lot of us aren't (laughs) come on guys you could be the half and get you. Where does that get you? <laughs> get caught eating babies. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to universally campaign for Pamela Anderson and the half to do like a series of PSA showcasing just how intelligent and fun and spicy aquatics can be on like the science and research side and not just like some hot blonde running with a lifeguard pack across the pool and being ditzy. Oh, or the himbo. <laughs> Come on, anyone out there listening? And if you have like a connection in Hollywood, let's make this happen. <laughs> oh, we need it. It's so great. I think I have a goal now. We got to do this. We got to make this happen. <laughs> well, you're the TikTok sensation. Oh. I think I'm going to make this happen. I honestly, I think we got to like get a whole bunch of people together and that will be like our social media campaign is our PSAs of how are we going to advocate for our industry to showcase that we are awesome people, yep. not ding dong, bimbo, whatever. Sorry if I find anybody, but just that's how social media sort of uh, portrays us. Yeah, that's it. Yep. I love it. It's brilliant. We can change it. We can do that. I think so. 